and welcome to another edition of At the Devil's Ball, the podcast where we talk about horror and genre films in a positive and constructive manner, uh, allegedly. And um, uh, I am uh, Nathaniel, your host, and with me as always is... Samuel. How you doing? Samuel. Good. Um, so, um, we... We got a stinker for you guys. Today. We got we got a tough one. Um, yeah. But we will talk about positive things, because goddammit, right. that's what we do. Yes. Um, and we're committed to that. Um, but um, uh, before we get into that, uh, what did you watch this week? Anything interesting? Uh, you know, I'm doing a rewatch of the Venture Brothers uh, this last okay. week. And because uh, they have a new episode slash movie out that I want to want to watch and uh, want to be up to date on that. Uh, Venture Brothers ran for like. 20 years and was yeah. awesome and uh, yeah, I don't it was think a good I, time yeah. to get back into it oh okay yeah i i uh i don't think i watched past the second or third season i uh oh. but yeah i don't remember it gets so much it gets so much better like more complex as the as the show goes on like it just mm-hmm. like it started off, i thought that the show started off like you know as a really good spoof of uh johnny quest and that kind of stuff and yeah it just like got like more weird from there and uh Ultimately, it's a show about people who are failures, and uh, right, right, you yeah. can't not love that, you know. Yeah, well, I remember like get, really getting into it when it started getting more into the superhero right world, where uh, everybody is ostensibly a failure at right. being either a hero or a villain. Um, yeah. And um, it was just about a bunch of broken people who were like wearing costumes right. for no particular reason. And um, I remember right. really liking that. Yeah. But yeah, and they got this, you know, the the arrested development style thing where like, you know, they'll set up things, you know, way ahead of time for jokes that, you know, might take years to unfold. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, I remember one of the funniest things I'd ever heard um, was event Avengers Brothers episode where the it never became it didn't become part of the story. It was like they were in a they were in like a mummy's temple. It was the like cold right. open, basically. Right. And um, I think Doc, Dr. Venture like abandons them. And he goes off right. and like does something else um, and forgets to go back and get them. Um, but um, the, in the middle of it, they're like fighting a, mo- a mummy or something and its head falls off. And, and Brock Sampson just goes, this is getting stupid. And, right. And it made, it makes me laugh every time. And I say yeah. it all, I say it all the time. Like, this is getting stupid. Same. Yeah. And nobody and nobody gets it. Right. Um, but um, but yeah, I remember finding that to be very, very funny. Um, and yeah. I still think about it. But or. um a one-off joke like uh uh doctor is it dr orpheus is that his yes. name uh funny uh-huh. funny funny fucking character right. but um he like he <laughs> he turns his hands into flames and dr venture lights up match right <laughs> that's just... my favorite episode of the series because that's the one where you realize that like you know Dean and Hank were clones the entire time. Oh, that's right. They, just yeah. die, they die all the time and they show you know, a bunch of times that they die and they show <laughs> the one the one time it's just like a a, sh- a shot of their bedroom like, oh that was carbon the dioxide, the, yeah. the silent killer. Yeah. No, I remember the <laughs> Hank has puts on Batman Halloween mask, jumps off, jumps the, roof. off the roof with an umbrella. Yeah. An umbrella. <laughs> I'll have to watch that again at some yeah. point. Just some of those episodes. Yeah. Yeah. At least those fair warning. Yeah. Fair warning. They use the R word a lot. And uh, yeah. The F, uh, the F slur. Uh, yeah. You know, a little bit uh, in the early years. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
No, I remember you know, the, the march of time being what it is, you know? Yeah. No. And at the time, Venture Brothers would have been another product of the edgy, right? Uh, you know, edgy, uh, edgy animated movement of right. like family guy and uh, that ilk um, yep. South Park, you know, where um, early on, like the point was to be problematic. Right. Like, yeah. and, and, uh, and shock people. And um, yeah, then things move on. Um, but I mean, hell, it's not like, I mean, our, like our, our collective favorite thing, like mystery science theater 3000 has some right. of that shit. Yeah. Know? Like it was, you know, at times comedy was at, at, there was a point where comedy's entire purpose was to kind of like upset you. Right. Um, and then things moved on. Um, and now we've got the comics who are desperately trying to cling to that. Right. And, um, and now they Which yell, is just sad. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, um, but um, or even shows that still cling to it, like yeah. South Park still clings to it. Um, right. I think we talked about that. I watched that um, special they did during the pandemic. Right. And I, I half liked it. And then that was like the other mm -hmm. half was there them doing their both sides bullshit. Right. Um, and it was like, you know, it, it was lame. But yeah, no, yeah, I'm, good. I, I'm glad you're enjoying Venture Brothers. That's um. Right. I should give that another look. Um, like I yeah, said, I, I think it's totally worth the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, what have you been getting into? Uh, I just actually watched um, the uh, the series Exorcist, the Exorcist okay. series um, last week. And then um, last night watched um, uh, Exorcist 2, The Heretic, and then right. the two prequels, the two versions of the prequels again. Watch those again. Um, and uh, I liked Dominion, I think, even more this time. Mm -hmm. um it's uh it's slow but it 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 right. really is an effective film but the show is actually good um oh okay i never yeah. watched the show yeah I, I recommend it it's good um it's it's very it's very unlike anything else mm -hmm. in the series but it um uh basically the elevator pitch is like a uh idealistic uh straight arrow priest teams up with rogue loose cannon priest mm -hmm. to save uh gina davis's possessed daughter right but Gina Davis's daughter's possession is tied to a high-level conspiracy to assassinate the Pope. Huh. Um, and then the second season is sort of like if Sam and Dean spent 10 episodes trying to solve a problem right? rather than... Uh, but it even has... Um, in the first season, it even has a scene, and I, it didn't occur to me until the next day after I watched the episode, that it basically has the, damn it, Callahan, you're off the case, <laughs> and in your badge and gun, but it's a right. priest. Um <laughs> nice. You know, where they basically say, like, you know, you are now uh, excommunicated, mm -hmm. uh, turn in your collar. You are now forbidden from right. uh, taking uh, from taking communion or taking right. confession. And I and it occurred to me the next day, I'm like, holy shit, that was literally the you're off the case, Callahan. Right. Um, you know, but um, it's it's totally worth it in that. I mean, the the greater mm -hmm. it, the only problem with it is that the greater scope storyline mm -hmm. doesn't work. It's just not uh. that interesting um right. the the more uh grounded domestic stuff is great like there's mm -hmm. really excellent stuff going on the characters are great the uh performances are really strong um a lot of a lot of good stuff in there but i recommend it. it's only two seasons yeah uh, it, was, it was canceled after season two um all on hulu if you wanted to watch it it's um it's it's good i i, I recommend it for the horror or faithful out there especially with a new movie uh coming out at the end of right. the week um which uh, is almost certainly going to suck but um right right oh hey i'm gonna I'm give it a shot 
you know, we're getting, we're picking up the theater. So I'm going to be, oh, okay. uh, I'm going to cool. be doing a staff screening right. um, on Thursday night. So I'm going to check it out, but um, yeah, I look forward to hearing what you had, what you had to say about it. Cause uh, yeah, I'm like vaguely interested because, you know, I like the exorcist franchise, but at the right. same time, like, after these last couple of Halloween movies, like I'm like, can we just you know give David Gordon Green a week off? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that the thing is, what's funny about that, uh, and I don't want to get too off track on talking right. about Exorcist, but um, well, first of all, like th- this can't possibly be the worst thing to ever happen to this franchise, right? Um, right. you know, uh, th- this is a franchise that has Exorcist to the Heretic and Exorcist the Beginning right. in in its canon, so um, it's already been damaged. You know, right. like we talked about with Halloween, like the Halloween trilogy that David Gordon Green made. It, we're like, well, look, you've already had some pretty lousy outings. Right. So what are you going to I mean, how bad can it be? But um, and the answer, of course, I think we're in agreement that we don't like that trilogy, the Halloween trilogy. Right. And, right. Um, you know, uh, uh, but the thing is, what's funny about it is that um, uh, people who initially have a positive response to the trailer when told it's the first of a trilogy they go oh really (laughs) um and that's where uh and i'm like see that's what i'm talking about what i've been talking about for weeks and the idea of uh the second that the studio system started calling it product right you know started calling it uh you know ips Mm -hmm. uh all that stuff all that talk all of that monetization second screen experience bullshit is what is causing the collapse of modern cinema. Right. Um, it's not Marvel Studios, although that helps because Marvel Studios is another one that's going, well, we're creating product. Um, but I think that's when, I, I talked about this at length before, which is the, the where the trust is gone, right. where the audience now says, well, now we're just being sold. Yeah. Um, before we knew we were being sold, but we pretended it wasn't because you at least were promising us entertainment uh, yeah. or something at least earnestly meant you're making a movie. So I think that if there, if this was just like, look, we're going to make an Exodus movie. If mm-hmm. it does well, we'll make more. Uh, I think people would be more willing to give it a shot. But once they say, well, no, we've already greenlit a trilogy. Right. Everybody goes, oh, we're being sold a product. Right. And, this is going to be a big franchise thing. We have to, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's not, you know, back in the day, you had to make a movie that worked. Right. And then you could make another one. Uh, even if someone asked you not to politely, yeah, right. You know, um, you know, the exorcist is probably a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we are talking about a movie that was so, that was hugely successful that, and then both of the original creators involved with it wanted nothing to do right. with it after that. When, uh, you know, when the studio system said, we're going to make a sequel, they were like, no, <laughs> right. What? what? No. Why? And, yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, then out off William, William Peter Blatty goes, writes his own book. Just to make sure no one thinks Exorcist Two is his, right? Um, you know, and then he makes Legion, which is actually good, but, um, you know, it's uh, but it's still like kind of the idea that you know sometimes you just need to leave it alone, but you know that genie's out of the bottle. Can't do that. Yeah, you know, go ahead and make as many Exorcist movies as you want to. You've already made seven of them, or whatever, six of them, five of them, five of them in a TV series. Mm -hmm. Um, go ahead, but you know, at least do it. Have us have the courtesy to just. You know, we just want to make a good Exorcist movie, right? And then we'd be into it. But once you say, "Well, we're making the first of a trilogy," we're like, eh, "Come on, man!" Yeah, like just make a good Exorcist movie. That's all we want. Um, and if you make a good Exorcist movie, we'll go see another good Exorcist movie, right? But 
you know, I'll go see. And I'm, I mean, I would watch the shit out of this movie. I'm going to watch. I, as soon as I said it was going to happen, I'm like, well, obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see it. You know, I'm a huge Exorcist fan. Of course, I'm going to see it. But at least have the courtesy to lie to me. Right, I guess, right. You know, at least make me think I'm going to see a good movie. Right. Um, and the trailer doesn't look good anyway. So it doesn't, yeah. you know. Uh, I, I I got that familiar uh, feeling with the tubular bells, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh, OK. And then, oh, no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, um, I'm calling it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm calling it now after rewatching the original Exorcist. You know how at the end of the Exorcist, she pulls off the medallion right. off of off of it. And at the end, it's given to um, Reagan gives it to Dyer. Right. Um, uh, and then he gives it back. Uh, right. I guarantee you, guarantee you, this is the type of hack shit they're going to do. It's going to be magic or something in the new movie. I'm calling it oh, now. Jesus. I'm calling yeah. my shot. I'm calling my shot. Right. I have no, I have no, no actual, right. uh, no actual reason to believe that this is going to happen. Except when yeah, I, I haven't watched even the watched the trailer yet. Like, right. I, I well, maybe, like, maybe it's better if you don't, but, right, right. but I mean, I'm calling it now that I'm like, I watched the end of that movie and I'm going some hack screenwriter would pick would be like, that's magic now. Right. And I, bet it's going to be in the fucking movie <laughs> i'm betting it's going to be in the movie because right. you got chris mcneil coming back yeah. uh you know she's gonna have that medallion yeah. and i bet it's gonna be a thing uh mm-hmm. because that's the type of hack shit this is gonna be but right maybe it'll be good maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe the, maybe the film would be great i don't know but i want to put that out there and that's my prediction that right. that, that, that 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 that's the feeling i get from the type of movie we're gonna have mm-hmm. is that it's gonna be like this uh fairly uh meaningful but not plot meaningful event right. in the first movie is now going to be a plot event in yeah. the new one um and um and i'm, I'm gonna watch it on thursday night and i get when that happens i'm gonna go i fucking knew it i right. fucking knew it but no i i don't know maybe i'm wrong but i, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to call it out that that's a that's the type of hack job i think we're gonna get right so it's kind but, of it's, it's just kind of weird to me because you know the exorcist isn't really a franchise where nostalgia has a place. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's not that it isn't well regarded and people don't like like the series, but it's not like Halloween, you know, where it's like, you know, people our age, you know, would would want would rent them every year and you know look forward to new ones coming out. Like it's yeah. Like I don't know, it's, it's they're not gonna be able to do the memory stuff, you know, as much, I don't think. So yeah. it's it's just kind of weird to me that they're doing they're going through all of this yeah it really is feels weird but that, that's what mm-hmm. i mean is that i think it's it's a it's a very cynical exercise where they where right. we haven't we have an ip right so we do something with the ip uh that's why the only reason why they're doing three of them like you know right. it's like well we have an ip and we're gonna yep. we're gonna we're gonna uh uh ring every single last drop we right. can out of this material same thing they they uh bloom house also announced um uh strangers trilogy the strangers right you know it's like wait, wait why you only made two of them in the first place why are you making three but um the only hope for that is Rennie harlan you know right. they're like we're gonna cast Rennie harlan but speaking of exorcists that didn't work mm-hmm. Rennie harlan directed yeah. exorcist the beginning so but no it's uh you know and in fact exorcist the beginning is another great example of um it was done well before but it's an example of what happens when you ring an ip Right. For uh, a cash run, you get, you know, this yeah. uh, ho-hum, you know, kind of trash fire that, right. um, and I mean, it's amazing to watch the two of those movies back to back, especially if you watch Dominion after, because mm-hmm. you can see um, Skarsgård 
uh, St- Stellan Skarsgård is in that yeah. one, right? Stellan yeah. Skarsgård uh, is 110% committed to Dominion. Right. Doesn't give a shit about X <laughs> the beginning. Right. And so you watch him phone it, play the same character, roughly the same story, but in one of them, he's phoning it in. One of them, he's committed. And it's, it's really yeah. quite remarkable. But that's what I mean is you get um, you get something like this at the beginning when you try to bring this IP right. for everything it's worth. And so I don't know. I don't, in, yeah. in the name of in the name of uh, positive and constructive, I am hoping for a good exorcist movie. Yeah, I, we're always hoping for, you know, a good yeah. movie. we don't want any bad. But, um, you know, speaking of trash fires with, you know, talent in front of him behind the camera. Uh, what's and about and cynical yes. cash grabs. Yeah, uh, yeah. we have disturbing behavior this right. week let's, now disturbing okay well we'll actually go, go ahead and do the vitals and then okay, we'll, that, that would be totally razor if you right. um if you do <laughs> thank you uh go ahead and do vitals all right so uh disturbing behavior was uh, released july 24th 1998 uh written by scott rosenberg directed by david nutter who's uh has had a long career of doing you know pretty good tv work and uh you know, Scott Rosenberg is the he's the the I'm sorry the screenwriter uh-huh. uh, uh uh Scott Rosenberg is extremely talented yeah. extremely talented screenwriter yep yeah the yep. work he's done yeah it, it's right he did High Fidelity the year after this yep he wrote it's... High Fidelity right after Irving <laughs> Behavior anyway yeah, I'm sorry maybe please. maybe even at the same time you know it's, yeah it's quite possible. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, as far as uh cast, we have uh James Marston, Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl, Tobias Miller, Steve Railsback, Bruce Greenwood. A uh, little bit of Catherine Isabel. They cut a, they cut a lot of her stuff out, but um, mm. she's still in there. Pre uh, right right before Ginger Snaps made her famous. Yeah. Um, the great uh, William Sadler, uh, Ethan Embry. Uh, Terry David Mulligan and uh, Susan Hogan, and that's about it for our, our main cast. We got a lot of other you got, know, people, yeah, one or two got, scenes people. Uh, uh, AJ Buckley as Chug. Yeah, uh, he's a Chug. pretty big. He's a pretty big role. I think we'll refer to him a little bit. Right. Um, right. and then of course the characters of Katie Holmes's midriff. Right. Um, and uh, Bruce Greenwood's mustache. Um. Are also yep. are also featured roles in this movie. Um, so yeah, you were you were leaning into something before I started doing. I the, was, I was. Vitals. Um, what was I leaning into though? Now, uh, it was story behavior. Uh, is you know, like like we we kind of were talking about earlier. I'm like, I I I watch disturbing behavior, and what I see is, um. Uh, a bad rewrite right um uh, in the name of positive and constructive this is what this is my theory this is what's mm-hmm. going on is that the elevator the the thing is is that i think at some point there was a good right screenplay here i think mm-hmm. there was a uh an uh, uh because the 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 story is is so is too well organized thematically right um that um that i can't help but feel like you know there was there's you could this is a movie you can see the elevator pitch right you know you can see the well it's it's stepford babies right you know uh the muppet babies version of stepford wives um and um and it's got it's it's got its idea 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can't help but think that somewhere on the line, there's a focus group or a producer or something right. that turned this into um, the cynical exercise that so many films were right. in 1998, where I think the point of this movie was to sell a CD. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so that's kind of my main thesis here i don't know what right. you think but i I, well, I feel like a good movie keeps threatening to like stick it it's like groundhog day like a, like yeah. a good movie a good movie sticks its head out sees its own shadow and there's six more weeks of crummy movie right like well um i know the original edit of this was 115 minutes and they cut it down to 84 okay um you know i can't speak for the for the for the script because you know the way like you had pointed out on social media like the way this movie does teenagers it's not it's yeah. not it's not a very accurate portrayal of any teenager that's ever existed no um nobody ever talked like this right. and no one ever will yeah but, it's uh, like yeah, it's they, like a clockwork orange with this shit there's like a whole new language of of, of uh slang terms in this movie right but, right yeah. but yeah they they've they focus group not focus groups they they test tested it with audiences and um you know took the dumbest opinions and rolled with that and you know made them cut bunch out of the movie and then read re showed it to you know a bunch of people and cut more out of the movie and it was basically all the all the connecting tissue and character work that got cut out of this i'm sure yeah um you know i watched a few of the deleted scenes and they're not great but uh, you know it gives it you know more depth and more more color to to have these scenes in there so can you give me can you give me an instance of one of those i didn't watch those what um well there's 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 a couple of little instances like where um you know they they have the thing where James Marston's um, brother uh committed suicide. Well, it turns out like it was like a murder suicide. Oh. He killed his girlfriend and himself, and you know this is what you know led the family to move to this island. Um, you know to kind of start over, and um, there was um, so that's one scene that was in there. Um, and another scene that that would have given it a lot more little bit to make sense is um after steve takes the the gun away from gavin and goes home his parents find the gun in his room and that's what leads them to talk to bruce greenwood's character okay you know so it's it's stuff like that yeah well i mean the you moment know? with the gun is one of those moments that uh, i'm like oh hey Groundhog Day. It's a. It's the movie sticking its head out. Come mm-hmm. on, movie. Come on out, movie. Right. And it go. Oh nope. Back into yep. the hole. Um. And, yeah. And then there's the original ending, where um. Uh, Gavin. I, I'm trying not to do that thing where we always do where we just refer to everybody by their Nick, actor's as name Nick Stahl, as Nick Stahl. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. You know. He leads all the blue ribboners like basically off off that cliff that we see a few times. Um, because he he tricks him. He has his headphones in, like they showed at the beginning of the movie, where he's in class with his headphones, and he just kind of like you know, winks at the get you know, winks at uh, I've got to look again. Steve Steve Clark's character and says, you know, Shh, don't tell anybody that my headphones are in. Um, so I guess that like you know, that messes with the ability of the mind control to to do it. But then he you know turns back into the mind controlled version of himself and uh, you know threatens to kill um steve and katie holmes i'm not gonna look down to see you see her rachel <laughs> rachel yeah um and so he threatens to kill them he has a shotgun this time whole time and um 
UV shoots Gavin and you know, so it all makes more thematic sense with the these original, you know, things that they cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, like I think they really hobbled the film by doing that because you know what we have now left over is a bad film with a lot of really talented people in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I agree. Um, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that, uh, in the name of again, in being positive. Um, first of all, uh, James Marsden is good in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's very good right. in this movie. In fact, um, yeah. there are uh, he's uh, it's a very physical performance um, right. and it, it really works on to the point where I was wondering, why wasn't he doing more? Why doesn't he do more roles like that? Like, why right. didn't he end up doing more? Yeah, I'm not a huge James Marsden fan. And I think that and I thought about that a little bit going into today. And I think it's because he played Cyclops in the X-Men and I just mm. never liked Cyclops. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he was a, he was a great Cyclops. It yeah, was, he was. That's the funny thing about yeah. it. That 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 script, uh, all of anything that worked about Cyclops in the X Men movies was James Marsden. That that right. that yeah, script sure. didn't give a shit about Cyclops. Yeah. Um, he was just there because he had to be. But yeah. Marsden does um really wonderful work in those movies. Yeah. You watch it. He's great. Yeah. Um, X Men Two at the end when Jean Grey dies. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, I guess. But um, and uh, you know, and he he and uh, Logan have that moment, you know, uh, right. Marsden is acting his fucking ass off and you can't see his eyes, right. um, which is a cliche, but it's true, which is, you know, acting is almost 90% eye work. Right. So in order for an actor to pull it off, wearing a visor, Marsden has to be good. Yeah. Um, also, I've seen Marsden do some really uh, great in 30 rock. Um, mm-hmm. Right. He did some great work there. Uh, showed some great comic chops there. Um, and um you know, Superman Returns, there's a lot of shit you can say about that movie, but I think right. the performances are solid in that film. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think he played a very likable, uh, if not out of place character. Right. But he was likable in that movie. I, I remember thinking, oh, I like this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I've ever seen him in anything I didn't like him in. He might right. seem a little bland and generic, I guess. But yeah. I think that might be, that might just be leading man syndrome. You know, right. like, you know, well, yeah, I look like a leading man. You know, it's like it's like John Hamm without the natural like character. Right. Um, but Marsden, I think, has to work a little harder than yeah. somebody like John Hamm because Marsden is uh, almost annoyingly good looking. I right. think. Um and um it uh it's a little out of place in this picture too, I think. Uh, he might be right. a little miscast, but I think he's doing really good work. Um he does he has a great line read. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a nothing scene really. Well, it's a major scene, but it's not, it's not much really, but he goes against his sister. He goes against Catherine Isabel. Right. Um, and his parents say like, you know, we're here for you. And he has that moment where he says, Oh God, do you really mean that? Right. Um, it's a brilliant line read. It's fantastic. Yeah. Where for a second, he's just this lost teenage boy who just right. wants his, who just wants his parents to tell him it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great line read. And, um, it's like I'm. It's another one of those moments where I'm like, "Shit, there was something almost there," right? And um, then Bruce Greenwood shows up, and uh, and actually another great line read, which is uh, right. Bruce Greenwood and his mustache say, "Um, you know, do you really like the way you feel?" In terms of when you shut the fuck up, yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, all right, like, right. I, I'm I'm behind this guy. I don't know, you know, um, I'm behind this character all, all the way through." Um, it's just that this story makes no sense. Um, 
uh, I couldn't, I, 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 I'm sure you had the same response that at some point people start teleporting in this movie. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? Cause they're like, okay, so they were like, we have to get the ferry to go to the uh, Bedlam house. Right. Um, which by the way, I love when movies have psychiatric yeah. hospitals or basically just like Looney Tunes. Right. Um, but they got to go out there to get on the ferry and then they, then, but then they leave the hospital and they get mm-hmm. into a truck. Right. And then they drive the truck to a gas station and then the cop shows up and I'm like, well, wait, did the yeah. cop take the ferry too? And I'm right. like, but then the cops like it's after curfew. I'm like curfew on the Where? other yeah. side of the ferry. Right. And then, the, and then William Sadler shows up like, did he take the ferry? Right. How right. did he get here? And why is he here? Uh, and then he shows up and babbles a bunch of shit. And then he hits the guy over the head and then they drive right. away and then they go home. And I'm like, so they yeah. took, the ferry they already took the ferry home? yeah right um where are we like what yeah. is happening it's like this town doesn't exist within space time it's like right. um it's the weirdest thing ever and it, it and it's something you're not supposed to notice i'm sure but i'm like right. but you showed yeah, there's them, a lot of that going on yeah you established them on the ferry they had a scene on the ferry right um where he you know uh, gives a little bit of exposition about who he was and where he came from uh then but then you have the truck and i'm like but you never established yeah. the truck um right. where did the truck come from whose truck is it uh yeah. was was steve driving the truck earlier like no she was driving the truck it was rachel's truck right. they established she had a truck way earlier but mm-hmm. they didn't show them in the truck so i'm like but they took right. the ferry. okay you know and i'm like i don't know what's going on um it's very weird and um, yeah, it makes you feel like, you know, you're you're like an old person watching this movie, like, you know, where you're like, what's going on? Who am I? You know. Right. But I mean, we shouldn't feel like that. It's supposed to be pretty no. seamless. Right. But like characters are suddenly appearing. So I'm like, well, OK, it's one of those times where like, well, why didn't you just cut the ferry? Right. Why isn't the why isn't the the psychiatric hospital just in the next town? Right. Um, Why the ferry? Because the ferry doesn't play in anything. It does kind of at the end. No. Where they're like, well, we have to get to the ferry to escape our lives, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I, by the way, I was laughing the whole time at the end of it where they're like, well, we're going home. And I'm like, she's like, where's that? Wherever, wherever we go. I'm like, there will be some considerable amount of paperwork involved right. and some authorities uh, that will have to answer some questions because mm-hmm. we're both um, uh, underage. Right. Uh, and we're living at home with our parents. Um, and by the way, I kidnapped my sister. Uh, right. We're gonna have some trouble. Hope you're okay mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Um, it's um, and then technically, I'm like, we're on the ferry, but technically, we can go back now because actually, it's safe now. Right. The bad guys all fell off a cliff. So why <laughs> right. are we? Why are we taking the ferry at this point? I don't know. Or um, James Marsden kicking Bruce Greenwood off of the cliff and saying, mm-hmm. "Be the ball." Right. Um. Did they? I can't remember anybody in previously in the film saying, "Be the ball." Did that happen? Uh, yeah, it was uh, when they were. Uh, when the hell was that 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 happened? It was shortly beforehand. It was when they were uh, reprogramming uh, Gavin. Um, there was somebody said that, and you know, I, I just remember it because you know that's a stupid thing to say. At any point, at any time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, 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 you know, it kind of stuck out to me when it was said the first time, and then it was said again. I'm like, I'm like, is this a running theme? Like, you know, what, what's, what does that even mean? What does that mean? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, it would have been, it would have, I mean, you literally could have had to shut the fuck up again. It would have worked better. Or why William Sadler all of a sudden says, uh, hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Um, You know, which, of course, is another brick in a wall. But that song is never in the movie. Uh, William Sadler is never uh, heard listening to that song, nor does he ever express any actual... um, uh, why he's doing anything he's doing is never right. actually established. We we uh, we learn the fact that he's pretending to be stupid. Why? Anybody's guess. Is there a deleted scene that might address that? Did you see? Not that I saw. Okay. Um, but you know, I uh, I think it was just supposed to be you know be that theme of you know doing things to fit in. You know, or, or maybe there was something to do with you know like. He didn't want to be reprogrammed himself, or uh, I, I don't know. I'm just yeah. kind of, I'm kind of, I don't know, reaching for an answer here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I and have, again, you just, could have just as easily in the screenwriting process have established that he like knew right. uh, the bad guy, you know, right. or something, and he was, you know, uh, or uh, you know, maybe he was a previous victim or anything to make him um, uh, opposed to anything that's going on, right? Uh, instead, he just sort of exists and shouts things at people. Anyway, which, right. I mean, is that what you do at work? Because yeah, you're, you're a school janitor. Yeah, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping this is what you do. You walk around with a Kurt Vonnegut book in your back pocket, right? And yell random shit about rats. That's what I'm hoping you do at work all day. For, for the most part, you know, I do call you know middle school kids shit birds a lot. Um, oh well, yeah, sure, sure. But they are, so it's fair. yeah, I'm sure, you know? yeah, yeah. I would do the same if I were right. if I were working in in school. I, I mean, I kind of do at work. I'm thinking of it, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, uh, I don't call them shit birds. I call them shit heels. But um, right. but but same principle. But yeah, um, I, I speak in a, in a weird towny accent. You know that that makes no sense. Nobody else has. Kind of stutter a lot. Right. You know. Um, I I guess I hope that's a I guess hope that's your life. I, yeah. I I want that for you. Right. Um, you know, because I'm right. a supportive friend, and I they do I, they do pay us 25 cents a rent though, so you know it's it's pretty. Good. Do they the town council? Yeah. Yep. City council? Yeah, good, good. Um, that's that's a good uh, that's that's a retirement plan right there. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, why the fuck is William Sadler doing any of the things he's doing in this movie? Know. Um, and they the the thing is like, all respect to to William Sadler, I think he's unbelievable phenomenal, respect phenomenal artist. Yes. Yeah. Like, and he's he's so watchable in this, and but at the same time, like, he's so off base with what he's doing, and they just let him do it. Yeah. Like, what? You know. Well, I would. These, I I probably would let him too. He's Bill, right. he's Bill Sadler. I'd let him be like, go yeah. go do whatever you got to do, man. Like, you know. I, I but I get the impression nobody gives a shit with this movie. That's right. the thing. I'm mean, like, you know, the, I, I'm in while watching it, I was going like. So disturbing behaviors alternative title is eh, what the fuck, right? Like you know it, uh, you know it doesn't. Nobody seems to really care. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, all, again, all due respect to Katie Holmes. Um, hmm. I don't think uh, I, I get the total impression she doesn't care right. at all throughout this movie. She's phoning it in. Um, I think that she understands the same way we do that she's there to bear a midriff. Right. And um, this character has no personality, no, uh, wasn't no. She, wasn't she on like Dawson's Creek or one of those 
things. Like, That's what I mean. Is I think yeah, it was right. just like it's again, it's cynical. Right. It was like, well, we need a girl. Well, uh, the cast of Dawson's Creek are all, um, you know, trying Next to break into over, film. Right. Yeah, they're right. all trying to break into film. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's it, this is a that's a thing back in '98, right. Uh, right up through the early 2000s, which was anybody who's on the WB or the right. CW. Uh, these bright young stars movies, are know. trying to get into film. Yeah, they're yeah. they're getting cast in these these films. Um, you know, it, it they, they even tried it with um, uh, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles, right. um, but not particularly successfully. Um, right. And they were in major horror films. They were in pretty big names. Um, yeah, they uh, were Friday Thirteenth and uh, My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, you know? respectively. Yeah, yep. Jared Jared Padalecki actually also had a House of Wax too. But, right. Yeah, um, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, but they never, they didn't catch on mm-hmm. uh, at the cinema, um, and they just said, "Well, we'll we'll just stick to supernatural," um, right. and and we're happy there yeah. for you know a billion years, um, and um, and stuck to TV. Both of them still do TV um, right. more often than not. But this was a trend, is my mm-hmm. point back then. That you know there were the cast of Buffy, same thing, Sarah Michelle Geller. Right. Uh, casted a bunch of shit around this time. Um, you know, they it, uh, half the cast of Seventh Heaven, I think, ended up doing a horror film at some point or other. Right. Um, this was just what was done. Yeah. And it was a cynical exercise. It was just right. a recognizable TV star uh, mm-hmm. who at, we've talked about this before, that things have changed now. But back then you wanted out of TV. Yeah. Um, you know, TV was where you went and then you tried to move up into film because film was where the money was. Mm. Um, TV was considered to be the lower, you know, you start in soap, a operas. lesser, lesser form. Yeah. Yeah. You do your soap opera, then you do your network TV. Then maybe you're made for your bait, your, uh, your cable show. And then you go to film. Like that's right. how you try to move up your career. Uh, now TV is actually kind of respectable. And, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, being on a show really matters now. Like we might mentioned John Hamm earlier, you know, like right, it's, right. Uh, you know, uh, you do Mad Men, you know, or now we see, uh, you know, major actors from film doing TV because right. it's, you know, they go where the art is, I guess. Um, or mm-hmm. also TV just has more money, too, now. But um, but the thing is, it's a trend at this time. There is a, a very cynical movement of right. what pretty teen stars in the film they don't have much to do the film is just sort of made around the idea of selling that product and um and i think katie holmes just is is on board with that i think she just knows that's what she's doing here um you know uh but uh it's it's male gaze the character like she doesn't (laughs) uh you know the very much the point i noticed it too where they're running through the hallway at the Mm -hmm. sanitarium and it just so happens that the camera is making sure it's tit level. Right. You know, um, and I'm a little I was a little grossed out by it because I'm like, mm, that's this is unfortunate. Um, yeah, she's a, yeah. she's a, she's a human being, guys. Right. Um, you know, but also like most of her scenes involved being pawed at too. Mm-hmm. like, right. you know, um, uh, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you do this movie where. You establish that, you know sexual tension is what you know makes these robot people go haywire right and you know then you put katie holmes in it i guess you know there's really very little way around you know 
making her a sex object but you know they they could have done it a lot more tastefully than that they did that's for yeah. sure yeah it's it's very distasteful right. and it bugged the hell out of me the whole movie even the hero keeps kind right. of you know uh there's a couple moments where um because they don't really have much chemistry let's be no, honest they, here. they really don't um and like i said part of that i think is that i i don't get the impression katie holmes really cared much about being right. in his picture maybe she knew she was like this is just sexist yeah. you know and i don't i'm not going to put any effort in here but um they're they're at the mental hospital and she's like i don't know about this and he's like think about our first date and my my immediately uh riff to myself i never consented to that right um and then like <laughs> then like he kisses her and i'm she's like i never asked you to kiss me um you know do we do we have a relationship here? Um, yeah. Other than you clearly thinking I am good looking, right. was that ever reciprocated? Um, because it's really uh, it all of it just makes her nothing more than object, right? And it's really, uh, really distasteful. Um, I think I, I honestly think Catherine Isabel's the younger sister has more agency in this picture. Oh, for sure. And she uh, and she's just kind of getting pulled around too. Right. Um, you know, uh, it's it's so strange that, you know, and it's a product of its time, mm -hmm. but it's it's it doesn't age well. And it, it, it gave me the creeps probably right. more than anything else, um, especially when you have um, it's not even implicated. It's outright done where he's like grabbing her boobs. Right. And I'm like and, and, and Bill Sadler's just standing there doing nothing. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is this is uh, this is good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it's uh, it, it's just it just was really I mean, you want to talk disturbing behavior. Right. Uh, shame on you, producers, for uh, for that. Um, yeah, it was it's gross. It's very gross. And um, and it it it's another thing that took me right out of the movie that I'm like, you know, this this ain't going anywhere good. Like, right. Um, but yeah, it's distressing. Um, and it, it really was, I found it to be very distasteful. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure you felt the same way. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Just, you know, yeah. They, the, you know, the whole way that they handle sexuality in this, in this movie is, you know, mm. so bizarre and, um, like it just comes off like somebody who doesn't know what sexuality even is like, you know. <laughs> give up give up the plate for uh it, i'm like wait what does that even mean right um it's i guess it's supposed to be like home base but he's saying yeah, yeah. instead of home base i don't know right it's just uh, so weird it's it's very weird um right. even though probably arguably the best real horror scene in this movie is uh is a sexual tension scene mm -hmm. um it's another moment where i'm like wow if the director had really gone for this it could have been really good which right. is when she uh the other the girls in his house steve's right. house and she has the whole bad wrong bad wrong bad right. wrong like smash her head into a mirror thing yeah um it's it's a really disturbing scene it but is i'm like yeah. but it, it it still feels so superficial right and so uh and, and it comes so way too late in the film for you to really want, want to care about it i know? agree i think that if you had done that uh, in the first act in the end of the first act it might have right. actually worked a little bit better but um, the scene itself, I'm like, this is actually pretty interesting if it were, mm -hmm. if anybody were interested in it. Um, right. it's, um, 
it's a moment that I, I do feel like could play exceptionally well in a more modern film with a little bit more care right. uh, put to it. Because uh, I'm like, wow, that's actually really, really an interesting. And, and Marsden's playing it pretty well, where he's just kind of like weirded out. Like it's, um, yeah. you know, and I'm like the whole thing, uh, it, like you mentioned, like sexuality being played up weird that the if if again, if the if the filmmakers had uh, thought to project that scene in a more uncanny fashion, right. um, you know, because uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in, been in a situation with a girl who was uh, suddenly sexual out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be very disorienting and very strange and very surreal. And so when she comes out of that bathroom with her brow- blouse undone and right. he has that look of like, wait, what? Um, right. This is uh, it, it's such a strange moment that if it had been played up more. I'm trying to find the right word. Uncanny is kind of the best I can best I'm coming right. up with. But like it, the, how alien all of that. Yeah, is. yeah, it was more unnatural and, you know. Yeah, unnatural. Weird, That's yeah. perfect. Yep. Yeah, and natural is perfect. That's the word I was looking for. That um, how unnatural all of this interaction is. It could have been such a weird. It, it you know, because I, I I made the connection to Stepford Wives earlier. You've seen Stepford right. Wives, yes, yes. Okay, just making sure. Um, but like it it had that moment. It had that feeling of what it should have been the moment where um, the lead in Stepford Wives stabs the other woman. Right in the in the pussy, essentially mm-hmm. in the in the you know, and the yeah, woman the starts, yep. yeah, and she starts kind of bouncing around the room, right. uh, you know, doing that, and the whole that whole point is to solidify the film mm-hmm. as how weird and unnatural all of this is, um, and how shocking all of it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that moment. Yeah, for this moment, they just don't but land they, it. They don't land it. They just sort of let it be, and I'm like, right. you you know, you have to put some you know, you have to actually put some effort into your art here. Right. Um, Cause it should have worked. Yeah. And I'm watching going, this should work. Why doesn't mm-hmm. this work? And I'm like, right. they don't care. <laughs> they just don't care. Right. It's like Joe, Joe, Joe Hodgson would say the same thing. They just didn't care. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's such a, uh, such an odd film. Um, what's something. Uh, uh, okay. Give me a, give me a topic. Uh, 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 something positive, Sam. Something positive. Yeah, um, but, but pick a uh, but let's pick a topic of positivity and try to roll with this. Ooh. Um, I mean, it shot well. In spots, um, especially in the beginning, I think they really like had some neat ideas where, like, you know, they're introducing the different cliques in the school and everything's got a different color filter. Every every one of the groups like has a different color filter and looks a little bit different. Um, I didn't catch the filter the way they shot right. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did. You know, like a, a bluish filter for the, the blue ribbon people, and like I think there was like a green filter for the car people, and you know, so on and so forth. Um, so they did some, you know, stuff like that in the beginning where I thought they really, you know, cared for what they were doing, and you know, kind of tried to do a couple things different, but you know, it, it didn't really hold up throughout the rest of the film. Um, the soundtrack is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I mean, it's not my kind in of that, thing. In that same way, you know, that like all the soundtracks from that time were, you know, similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really struggled for, for a lot of anything really positive to say other than, you know, when we already talked about the uh, cast all being great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. This isn't, I don't think this is Nick Stahl's best, but no. um, I feel like he's a little bit out of sorts 
with this picture, even though he's perf- he's probably the only one I would say is perfectly cast. Right. Uh, yeah, he should have been the lead. Is. Like, yeah, that's they've... a little. Yeah, that is a little weird. You'd think uh, for him to be the misdirect character, right, uh, is a little strange. But I think you had to have the all American boy be mm-hmm. at the center of the story. Um, right. However, as we pointed out, um, the all American boy had this backstory that made him uh, a key uh figure for that role right and then they didn't do anything with it um you know yeah. the uh you know more about because like i said this this film is really well organized in terms of thematics um right. which is why i think there is a good script in there somewhere of that um that somebody was at least well-meaning um mm-hmm. you know with the idea of you know adults uh wanting uh, an easy transition through adolescence right. for their kids uh, at the cost of identity right. um, is a, is a really interesting point of view um, mm-hmm. in comparison also to like the faculty, which we did a few weeks ago at the beginning of back to school month. Um, you know, with the idea that we talked about the faculty had some themes, but they didn't care about it. Right. They didn't really want to talk about it. This movie wants to talk about it. But then doesn't fails to talk, doesn't know right. how to talk about it. Whereas the faculty sort of inadvertently talked about it better. Right. Um, you know, about the idea of becoming who you want to be um, versus who they want you to be. And this movie is like, well, they're going to force you to be what they want you to be. Um, right. And, you know, I, I needed the scene um, from James Marsden in this movie of uh, the, the Shatner speech from Star Trek V. Mm-hmm. The you know uh, what I should have take, turned right when I turned left. These <laughs> right. these, these mistakes are what makes us who we are. We lose that we right. lose ourselves. Right. I can't. I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. But uh, you know, I love that speech. It's best. Yeah, best, it's best, speech. best acting Shatner ever did in his life. Right. I I, I still stand by that. It's a great yep. speech. Directed that himself. Um, yeah. uh And uh, Star Trek Five. We should do Star Trek Five sometime. But um, yeah. speaking of really well meaning, but ultimately very flawed films right. um but um but no i mean i needed that scene i needed that mm-hmm. like you know well no the i don't want you know that there should have been more attention paid to that where it's like well don't you want your pain taken away and then be like no right. i need yeah. that you know i need to i need to feel hurt you know mm-hmm. i need to feel this so i can remember my brother you know like right. i need i need this uh you know i need to deal with this on my own because that's what adolescence is um right. you know it's it's dealing with all the trauma it's dealing with all the pain it's dealing with all the discomfort and finding your way through it is what makes you an adult it's not right. you know, a magic light switch that you flip on and off uh one day you're an adult uh you know and i can tell you if you're at home listening to this and you are of the younger it doesn't really get any easier you just are, right Get you learn to cope up. a little bit better yeah yeah you yeah the best you can do really is that you learn how to compartmentalize a little bit better Right. Um, you know, you but it, you keep it with you, you yeah. know, it never goes away. Um, and I think that this movie needed that. Um, right. it needed that moment and it just never comes. No. Uh, the closest we get is the mm-hmm. rather good scene between Nick Stahl and James Marsden with the gun, right. where right. Nick Stahl says, uh, which again, it's a it's an awkward scene now, right? In, in 2023, where he says, Well, uh, no, I gotta go home. Uh, and when I get home, I'm going to plug them all. Right. And James Martin's like, what are you talking about? He pulls out the gun and he's like, I'm going right. to shoot everybody. Uh, even my right. parents. 
and right. uh, and James Barnes is like, give me the gun. Um, you know, and suddenly it's uh, Saved by the Bell, uh, right. not Saved by the Bell, um, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. You know, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Give me the give me the gun, Carl. Right. Give me the gun. Uh, and um, imagine how much better the scene would have landed if like we had, you know, gotten the backstory that, you know, his brother exactly. like you know, shot shot his girlfriend and himself, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, we did at least have the insinuation that right. his brother uh brother at Killed least committed su- committed right. himself suicide with a gun. So right. that we at least get Marsden's discomfort at the sorry, I'm doing it too. Steve's right. discomfort. Right. At his friend carrying a gun, a, a, a kid, he's a, a boy. He's starting to consider a friend, right? Uh, that he cares about. Um, you know, uh, that's actually a good scene right before that too. When Steve goes to see them at the uh, yogurt mm-hmm. shop, and and he walks in, and he has a moment where he looks between the two of them and chooses the outcast. Right. You know, he chooses he chooses who his friend is. He he calls out his loyalty. Um, you know, it's a nice moment. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the and it's the type of moment that happens in adolescence that uh, you know sometimes you you have the opportunity to hang up the cool kids. Do you choose them, or do you choose the person who's actually been nice to you, um, even if it means tanking your popularity? Uh, right. And Steve does the character thing. He shows character and chooses mm-hmm. his friend. Nice scene, good yeah. scene. Uh, you know, then they go out and have the gun, and it's uh, you know he's he's upset by that. We needed more of that emotional maturity in this movie, right. but emotional maturity is not in disturbing behaviors wheelhouse. Right. Um, and so it just sort of thuds to the ground. And you're right. The gun disappears. So, I mean, obviously the uh, I didn't even notice that till you mentioned it was in a deleted scene, but the gun right. vanishes. Yeah. Guns never it's brought up. Again. Yep. Um, so it's in the deleted scene. His parents find it and they become concerned. That actually, again, right. tracks Makes sense. right emotionally, um, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, so, I mean, there's some positivity there, you know, I think there are some good scenes. Um, I think, um, I, I was happy to see Catherine Isabel. I didn't realize she was in this. No, me neither. I'm like, Oh, Catherine Isabel. Had you seen this before? I didn't. I I had this before. Okay. I had a long time ago. Um, it was sort of like reverse faculty with that too, where I was like, I don't remember caring for it then. Um, (laughs) right. I think probably at the time this came out, what do I, would have been 98, it would have been 17. Right. So maybe, maybe almost 18. No, I was 18 in 2000. So I would have been 16 when this came out, I guess. Yeah. I was 20 going on 21. So yeah. Yeah, You'd have no, you'd have no business seeing disturbing behavior. Yeah. Um, And this is, this is kind of a blind spot in my horror like area too, like this, these couple of years at 96 to 98, like where they were doing, like you said, you know, the whole CW thing, you know, kind of turned me off to the whole prospect, you know, I don't care about all, you know, when people talk about mainstream horror these days, I think Mm -hmm. what they're really talking about is 1998. Right. You know, um, that was when, that was when all this stuff was going on that the mainstream, uh, what you saw in theaters, studio work yeah. was this um right. was this kind of thing uh cw star uh some hot uh, uh top uh top 40 uh right. pop alternative mm-hmm. uh rock songs um you know and uh and that guy actors you know you right. go get a couple of character actors who could hold their own and plop them in there um yeah. usually in the role of a teacher or a parent right. um you know and that's where you get bill sadler you know that's where you get bruce greenwood Mm-hmm. is you got to go get somebody to do that um 
But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's I think that that's still the case. I think when people talk about mainstream horror, what they're talking about is remembering the late 90s, Um, because I don't maybe the 2000s to a degree. I mean, that that trend did continue. Um, Well, the 2000s, yeah. When I think about the 2000s, I think like more about the, uh, you know, the remake glut of the 2000s, you know, that goes um, that does start then. Yeah, that's that's what I think people you know people talk about you know, oh everything's a remake nowadays. Like you know, are still talking about that from you know, two thousand and seven. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like yeah. no, that's yeah. Not I mean, really they, they, it, both of those things are still existing, but they mm-hmm. they they aren't as prevalent, I think, as they once were. No, but um, as we've talked about before, we happen to tend to say like, oh, disturbing, like nineteen ninety eight. That was ten years ago, right? Right. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, you know that once you hit a certain age, as we have, time is slippery, and so right. like you know, yeah. what trends that actually happened thirty years ago, yeah. um, seem like they happened ten years ago, and so you know, we right. it's it's understandable that yeah. you carry that um that yeah conception with you. Yeah, um, I was trying to explain that to a coworker of mine today, and like you know, she hadn't thought of it before and like all of a sudden she's like oh my god you're right you know everything is 10 years ago you know yeah yeah it's slippery uh right. you know your memory is just uh it, because and i think it's re- the reality of it is, is that as you start getting older y- your mind stops thinking you're older right and so like even though i'm 42 i'm like yeah i've got to be what like 35 right like, right I, I mean like that like yeah. how long i've been alive right i mean like no you've been right. a lot longer a lot live a lot longer than that man and you've seen right. a lot more um but that's what i mean is i'm getting to the point now where i don't remember shit like right. i'm like i remember seeing films mm-hmm. i don't remember what they were like right. um you know usually they come back disturbing behavior was an example of that i was like i remember i saw this movie mm-hmm. but i only remembered a couple of scenes and right. uh and then but once i started watching it it all came back and i went oh yeah, that's right we're, we're never gonna go here right. um I, uh, but there was stuff that was almost new to me. Like the Bedlam house was new to me. I was like, I don't remember that being in this movie. Um, and it's such but, a throwaway thing in the, in the final film, like, you know, the, the, them going to the, you know, asylum and, and finding it, Bruce Greenwood's daughter. Like, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right. play into the plot at all. It but I, I guess there was a scene that explained that, like that was thought I didn't, I didn't see this scene, but no. um, like there was a scene where like, you know, they talked about the backstory of, you know, Bruce Greenwood's character and, you know, his daughter and, you know, it was supposed to be meaningful when they did it. But like, instead it's just like, why did we come here? Like, what's the, yeah, we gained, the point no, of it? we gained no information right. that's in any way useful. Right. Um, but they put and, that popular song at the end of that scene. So they had to keep the scene, you know? Right. Right. Well, wait, what popular? Oh yes, that's right. The, the running, running away. I'm not sick, but I'm not, I'm well, not well. Yeah. Right. Who did that song? I don't even know that song. It was everywhere at the time, but yeah, it was. I don't remember the. Don't remember yeah, at all, yeah, do you? Right. Yeah, no. that was. Was that the Jim Blossoms? No, no, no. Jim Blossoms. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, it's gonna drive it me. It was nuts, so popular though. that Weird Al put it in a polka. I mean, you know. That's true. Uh, I, but I, it's gonna bug me. So um, yeah, let's. I'm looking it up. Um, but uh, Flagpole Sitter by Harvey Danger. Okay, Harvey Danger. Thank you. Yep um yeah there were a couple of songs that i recognized in this movie right. um that i was like these were pretty big deals in 98 um yeah. but um yeah it's uh it's kind of funny but it's funny also coming off of detention which was nostalgia for 1998 
Right. You know, and then we're watching it and we actually made 98 and being like, God, Jesus Christ, the music was just <laughs> everywhere. Right. Um, and I don't know if it was good music. It just was. Um, right. But, you know, it's. Um, but no, actually, uh, when I post on social media, uh, my friend Amanda did post, uh, said, say, soundtrack's great. Right. And then she also said, also, any any movie with William Sadler is a treat. Yeah. And I responded saying a very overacting William Sadler. And she said, mm -hmm. like I said, a treat. And I'm like, no, you're right. But, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, I'll watch him go nuts all the time. But I mean, yeah, like yeah. it's and he's very watchable. And uh, I think Bruce Greenwood makes a pretty good villain. I, we don't know yeah. much about him or why he's doing anything. But I mean, right. he, he has that. And it's again, it's a thing that should have been where he should have been the the soothsayer. He should have been. He said he was like a consultant in uh, in mm -hmm. um, uh, what was the, the uh, shit? I'm forgetting the, the term counselor. Right. And he should have been they should have had more moments of him being that smarmy counselor. Right. Uh, you're OK. I'm OK. Touchy feely. Mm -hmm. New age uh, kind of thing. It would have sold the movie more that he's right. selling. He's a snake oil salesman. He's selling you a bomb. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. Um, you know, it or it does, uh, it does too well. Uh, right. you know, the there, there's so many things that this movie could have focused on. That yeah, there's a lot made. of missed opportunities, in here, yeah. You know, yeah. that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, right. it, there's so many opportunities in this movie to make something I think that really would have resonated right. and would have been may have even become the movie about um high school conformity, right? Because obviously, with the givers of this and the faculty, they were trying, yeah. somebody wanted yeah. to talk about right. that somebody wanted to make that movie and the 90s um, there's you know there's the whole thing in the 90s you know of like you know being anti-conformity and anti you know mm -hmm. like even yeah. though we really didn't know what that meant or, right or have yeah. anything to rebel against you know yeah as far as you know conformity not conformity yeah um you know whereas you know today everything's you know a, a brand yeah um yeah they, they that... could have said something you know important about that and that's what you know what kind of fascinates me and like or like captures me about this film is like you know i i don't think you know david nutter is like you know a bad director no. i've seen him you know he he did a lot of cool episodes of the x-files he did you know like the red wedding and you know game of thrones yeah, he's an emmy winner yeah for game yeah of he thrones. won an emmy yeah. for that yeah um but even back then, you know, he helped develop, you know, shows for Fox and stuff. So, like, he knows storytelling. He knows how to do it. Like, it's just even yeah. with even with all the missing pieces. And like I said, you know, they they cut out like twenty minutes of the film. Um, there's, it's still not. I don't still don't think it would would have been a hit. You know. Yeah, I mean, this otherwise. is this. Yeah, and this is a screenwriter who actually uh, he actually created Happy Town, which I had mentioned right. before on the show. Um, uh, Life on Mars, I didn't watch, but it was supposed mm -hmm. to be good. Right. Um, you know, but obviously um he also Scott Roseberg is also a producer apparently a producer on From. Right. Um, so he clearly knows his way around the weird. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, I feel like this screenplay that there's there's no reason why it should be like this. Mm -hmm. Uh and the only thing I can think of is there's there had to be during this the, the pre-production process must have been murder. Right. Uh, you know, the only thing I could think of is a producer kind of being in there and being like, no. Uh, right. we need uh, we need to hit all these buttons. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like, and that that's the right. only explanation I can think of. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, what I'm hoping for, uh, too, and I, I'm, I want to hang on to this fantasy. I don't ever want anybody to tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. Um, that um, the dialogue in this movie, mm-hmm. I want to believe that the, some producer or somebody gathered up a bunch of teenagers mm-hmm. and asked them to tell them like slang terms. And the teenagers <laughs> all looked at each other and said, don't tell him. And just right. started making shit up. That's what right. I want to believe. They were like, uh, oh, yeah, we say razor. Yeah, um, right. And then they looked at each other going, <laughs> yeah. or, uh, or I want to believe either that or um, some ghostwriter uh, did mm-hmm. a rewrite on this that wasn't credited. And he went, oh, fuck you. And right. <laughs> he wrote all the dialogue or even better. The mm-hmm. cast just started improvising. Right. That's what I want to believe is somebody somebody was playing a joke on the producers and just started saying, oh, no, we say razor. Um, uh, we say yeah. this is how we talk yeah. um, because none of it matches at all. No, what no. anybody was talking. No teenager has ever spoken like this in any way, shape or form. Um, totally razor, by the way, appears four times in this film. Holy crap. They wanted they wanted. She says it four times. Wow. Um, and I'm like, they really wanted that made it believe right. that was a term. I think about make such a thing, you know. Yeah, I think I, I'm literally seriously considering getting um that's so razor tattooed on my body. Right. Because I feel like I need to keep that going now. Like yeah. this has to be. And like, you know, uh, and every time I say that, say that type of thing, I never do. Right. And that's why I'm like, no, 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 this has to stick. I next week on the show and mm-hmm. and, and a year from now, I need to be saying. That's razor, razor. Yep. razor on the show um like it must happen like i right. I, I i must make it happen so i'm thinking like my first ever tattoo this is gonna be like right here my forearm right here just right. like just, razor yeah. uh you know i want um uh you know i'd have to add the like that so or something though because something somebody would look at my forearm and say why'd you write the word razor Right. uh is that implying something and i'd be like right, oh, right. no it's actually from a shitty movie from 98 but <laughs> right um uh thank you katie holmes i guess yeah. but um but um I, i'm uh i'm very sorry you endured this movie i guess right. but um but she endured tom cruise too so you know she you know. i wonder if i wonder if this was it i wonder if this was the movie that tom cruise went there her you know <laughs> i don't know yeah. like she's the she's the future mother of uh of the scientology messiah right. um you know i uh it's it's I wonder when that was um, right but no i mean yes katie holmes has been through a lot and yeah. um that's why i i specifically am like i'm not making fun of katie holmes because mm-hmm. no seriously she's been through a lot right um and um and 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 uh, she you know my it, jokes aside a right. lot you know not yeah. Dis- yeah. And not and disturbing behavior really isn't one of them you know right. it's this is just a dumb movie she made when she was you know 30 Right. Uh, you know, coming off of Dawson's Creek. Um, but she did have a, a day player grabbing her boob on this movie. So there right. you go. I mean, yeah. but um, but no, I mean, she's been through a lot. So uh, well, tell us about your experience watching it on Tubi. Like, uh, you oh, that's right. was... yes, yes. Um, thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to right. mention it for whatever reason. And Tubi's never done this before. I've never mm-hmm. seen this happen. The uh uh subtitles because i watch everything with subtitles right um 
and uh, partially because um, movie mixing is bad. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. Especially on streaming, more often than not, it's a dying slash dead art form. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sound design's terrible now. Even in uh, even on mainstream, even in the theater, it's not. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it's really broken. But, um, but I watch everything with subtitles, and for whatever reason, on this movie, it was all censored. Um. Right. It was uh. Peckerhead became Puttyhead in the subtitles right um uh shit bag became slime bag i think mm-hmm. um there were a ton of these things um i think when um uh when steve yell shut the fuck up at bruce greenwood it was like um shut shut your face i mm-hmm. think in the okay so it was like it was like i was watching the subtitles for the the cable edit right right it was really weird and Tubi's never done that before. I've never seen this happen. Um, so it's it's something like something weird happened. I don't know, but uh, it made the movie a little bit more fun to watch. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, Wait, what's happening right now? But because it's not editing what's going on on screen, right? Um, you know, but it reminded me of like you know back you 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 remember yeah watching right? the TV edits. Yeah, you watched TV edits. Yep. You watched uh, Die Hard, and it was uh, right. uh instead of uh, Yippee Kaye motherfucker it was right. um. Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. Right. Yeah. And it was like that. His name's not Mr. Falcon. I don't right. know why that. Um, eventually they stopped doing that though, which yeah. made TV less fun, I think. Again, started, again, a lost art form, you know. Yeah, because then they started cutting the um uh just but drop the sound just, out. Right. Yeah. So it'd be uh Yippee Kaye mother, yep. and then it would stop. Um it's um, but yeah, it's another dying art form. I remember yeah. actually um you remember that some movies used to actually film scenes specifically yeah, for scenes. cable edits. Yep. Uh, Caddyshack uh, yep. had a deleted scene on the DVD that was uh, Harold Ramis outright says we shot this because the candy bar right. scene in the pool was going to get cut from TV. Right. So they shot right. a scene that would actually replace it in the narrative, which was. And nowadays they just put more commercials in. So yeah, like you, yeah. you have to cut for time. Like even if yeah. you've already cut the movie for content, you know. Yeah, um, I don't. Do, I don't know. Do they cut for content anymore? I have. I haven't watched anything on actual cable in a long time. I mean, they would have to. I mean, you know, because they're <laughs> basic cable still for the most part, unless you're talking about The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, still cuts for content, and you know, tries to keep it, you know, below an R rating. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so I would I would think so. Yes, like you know, places like USA, the Sci Fi Channel, stuff like that would still cut for content and time because you can't have you know more than an hour and twenty minutes of of movie in a two hour block. You have to have forty five minutes of commercials. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think the I think the average was um was like three minutes per. It's like one minute. I can't remember how it used to work. Because right. yeah, because it would be like you know, if you had a two-hour time block, you would have ninety minutes ostensibly, ostensibly, right. and then half right. hour of ads. Um, and so it broke down to something like you had to have an ad break every twenty minutes or something right. like that. And it was like five, it was like three minutes, uh, right. so that you're yeah, because an average, uh, an average over the Simpsons was twenty-two minutes, right? Um, and so it would be in a thirty-minute block. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, fascinating stuff. I uh, it's uh. Uh, with we're getting back to it though, though, because streaming is just going to turn into cable, yeah. Um, 
Amazon Prime is literally starting to be like, we're just going to have regular commercial breaks. Right. You know, it's like, so you're basically creating cable. Yeah. Um, but but somehow more expensive. Somehow more expensive. I don't know. Is yeah. it still, is it still, I think it's still cheaper, you know, because it I depends think, on how many streaming services. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, you know? get all of them. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think if you are, uh, and I, but I think the, the key is, and I think everybody knows this is that you have to curate, you know, right. you have to decide what you want, which is why I'm like, honestly, at this point, Tubi's where it's at. Right. I think, you know, you have to sit through some ads, mm-hmm. but totally free. And they have this, the coolest shit. I think if right. you are, if you are, an old, and I, I've said this many times on the show, and I'm going to say it till the day either Tubi goes off the air or I die. Right. Is that if you are a horror film buff and you want to watch really cool, old, weird shit. Right. Tubi, Tubi has it. Yeah. yeah, Tubi is literally the go to the video store, go to the horror section and find the random box art. That's Tubi. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and they're um, getting better about their ad placement too. They're, they are. Um, uh, you know, yeah. if there's one thing about this, you know, all this AI shit that you know seems to have been going our way is that places like Tubi are getting a little bit better about you know when they put their ads. You know, they used to be you'd be in the middle of a sentence and it would go to an ad, you know, now yeah. at least it's like, you know, almost like, a, a, I remember, a scene, you know, I remember somebody talking about, they didn't like watching mystery science theater on yeah. TV because oh, the ad placements were bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes they are, I think I've gotten used to it to the point that uh, sometimes right. I'll throw on an episode on Tubi. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, the, um, uh, I don't know if you know this, the new ones. Mm-hmm. Are on yeah. Tubi. They're out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to watch the newest season, it's actually on Tubi. So, right. um, and some of them are actually worth watching. Um, but, um, but yeah, they are available for free right now on Tubi, right. which is really cool. Um, and that's, that's the best thing about Tubi is it's fucking free, you know? Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, HBO Max, I swear I have the ad free and I still get ads. I would. Yeah. HBO Max will do the run an ad before your program all the time, you know? Yeah. But I still um, get them midway through. Really? Sometimes. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think a lot. I think you know, I have I the. I, I think I think I might have. I think as I think now yeah. they have like four tiers or something, right. and I think I probably have tier three instead of four. Yeah. So like you have less ads than the premium user. Well, so I have the I have the I have the best tier apparently, which I didn't know. Uh, La di da for me. Yeah. I, um. <laughs> well, I get yeah. it for free from AT and T. Oh. I okay. I think it's bundled with my phone or my internet, one or the other. It's got to be because those are the only two okay. AT&T yeah. that I have. Yeah. Um, no, I only when I Tubi goes, yeah. like I, I kind of wish there was a paid version of Tubi because I would watch like a whole lot more of it if I could. I always wondered. And I think I think you're not the ads. I think you're the per, I think you're not the first person to say that where there were people are like mm-hmm. we literally with your with Tubi selection, right? They would easily be like, I will pay you money to right. cut the ads. Um, and it's kind of surprising they haven't made that offer yet because right. you would think that would be, you know, if they're getting all the praise for having the yeah. a selection that is making people uh, over 30 happy, right. uh, that they're the people with money too, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, they have jobs and, but, but yeah, I agree with you. I would totally be like, yep. whatever they wanted to be like, if we'll give you, you will never have to watch another ad. You can watch whatever you want on Tubi with no right. ads for 10 bucks a month. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I will sounds give it like a plan. Yeah, I will give it to you. I want to watch like Tomb of the Blind Dead, like yeah. you know. I want to watch every all of these shitty seventies horror films you've got. Right. I want them all. Um, to the Devil a Daughter is currently on my watch list. I want to watch nice. that movie. Um, you know, actually, I think that might be on 
peacock come to think of it but okay. um but no tubi is is that it's like all these weird fucking things i watched disturbing behavior on tubi right um I, I might I, I, I splurged and I got it on voodoo. Like I paid for it to get it on voodoo for some reason. Like just because oh. I didn't feel like dealing with the ads the today. You know? Fair enough. <laughs> or yes yesterday when I watched it. Fair enough. Right. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean it's um but it is interesting it's just for whatever reason that Tubi just uh the to get back to the point we were making. Right. Uh that if, for whatever reason it was just doing the like cable edit. Right, uh, subtitles which and is very strange. For the most part, I don't think this movie needed to be an R rating. Like, there's not much no. in there that needed to. You know, there's you, you could cut the swearing easily. Um, and aside from that, like, there was just you know one shot of boobs. Um, yeah, there's one one breast. Yeah, right. one bared breast. We don't yep. see both. Yeah. Uh, and then there is the the um, the assault, sexual assault. Right. Um. Which could have been actually would have been gratefully uh, right. reduced to uh, implied. Um, yeah. I would have been, uh, uh, you know, but no, you're right. I mean, but even, you can't release a PG 13 horror movie can, and have it, you know, make money, you know? Yeah. Back then, anyway. Yeah. No, I don't, it's uh, hard now, I think, you know, but especially back then, like when every idiot like me was like, it has to be R rated, you know, or, or it's not worth the time. I don't know. The Bloom, well, maybe, yeah. There's yeah. that, yeah. But I mean, Bloomhouse has been making a career out of the PG thirteen, right? Uh, Megan was PG thirteen, made a bundle, oh, yeah. right? You know, um, uh, but yeah, then, then they do make they are rated. But um, Megan was PG thirteen. There was another one recently that came out that was PG thirteen, mm. and I can't remember what it is now. But I remember we didn't get it because my bosses still think that if we get a PG thirteen horror movie, it's not um, gonna make any money. No, people will start punching each other. They think oh, okay. uh, because we had the problems with Megan. Right. So, but the fact that the only time I've ever actually had to kick anybody out of the theater was little mermaid. Um, doesn't seem to impress anybody, but, right. um, I what literally were people had, doing during the little mermaid. They just wouldn't shut up. They were like, oh, okay. uh, four women came in with a couple of kids, right? Sat down, nearly sold out show. People kept coming out and being like, these are these four women. They, they keep looking at their phone. They keep talking. They keep mm-hmm. yelling. And myself and my sister manager both going in and out trying to figure out exactly who it is because every time we go in, they shut up. Right. So we were like, what's going on? And eventually I spent 20 minutes in this theater standing there. And finally, some people started talking and I went, you guys stop. And they were like, they thought that was very funny. And Mm -hmm. that's um, that at that point, we'd had so many complaints that we actually had one of the um, uh, police officers Mm -hmm. who are at the hotel on right. weekends um just keeping an eye on the bar um right. they come that we i give them like uh, i give them treats and then they come check us out make sure we're okay right. um you know which is the only only time i would accept police presence in my right. theater um but one of them happened you know we, came, I, we went and got him he came into mm-hmm. the theater and when they started laughing at me i said you think that's funny and they were like yeah we think it's very funny and i went officer and he walked right. down and he went get out and by then the movie was almost over, but the entire right. theater erupted into applause. They were thrilled. <laughs> but apparently right. these that's the thing is that these women were just causing this disruption right. the whole film. And I'm like, that was rated friggin' G or yeah. PG. I think it was a PG movie. Yeah, um, because live action movies are I think they're usually a PG because they right. actually have like violence or whatever. Well but, again, um, again, I think I think most movies now don't want to be a G movie either. Like they want to be PG. Like Yeah. 
Maybe. I think you might be right about that. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, like right now we got uh, Paw Patrol at the theater, right. and that, that's rated G. Oh, yeah, that's I, gotta I, be. I think, anyway. But well, they that's dropped animated. one S-bomb, you know, so they, they yeah. can get that PG-13. Well, I was, you know, I stuck my head into the theater, and I saw, you know, Paw Patrol, you know, they, they put a gun to somebody's head. I don't know. Right. But, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's weird. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, kids were coming out crying. I don't know, right. but um, I was very really disappointed in my boss that he didn't put Exorcist trailers on Paw Patrol. Right. But yeah. uh, you know, Paw Patrol, Port of Call, New Orleans. That yeah. actually happened once. We put a trailer for Equalizer Three on Ninja Turtles, and a mother, oh, nice. a mother actually complained. Right. Um, even though it was a it was a Green Band trailer, like nothing right. actually happens yeah. in it. But um, kids, I guess, got really upset that right. you know Denzel Washington had a gun or whatever. But um, but yeah, it actually happened that somebody actually complained, and you know, right. uh, we had to keep the take the trailer off of it. And, mm-hmm. But um, but in all seriousness, yeah, we like I I try to curate trailers for the movie, but right. he he has a tendency to not give a shit, so he put like you know he, I wouldn't have put Equalizer right. on Ninja Turtles, but he did. Um, but it was it was just a thing. But I mean, yeah, I was like, and I I kind of said I'm really disappointed you didn't put Exorcist on Paw Patrol. <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting, interesting game. But my point is that I haven't had to kick anybody. I never kicked anybody out of evil dead rise, you know? Um, I never had to kick anybody out of, um, uh, what was the other, I think that would be the only horror movie we've had in my tenure, but, um, but no, I mean, like, you know, we had problems with Megan, Mm -hmm. we had problems with Creed three. Um, but both of those were the previous general man, the previous assistant manager that I fired mm-hmm. for sucking. Um, you know, so I was like, and since then, you know, any real problem we've had was little mermaid and, right. you know, and I handled it, but like, they still think horror films are going to bring in, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah. the teens, the teens right. are going to come and uh, it's always the teens. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but usually if the teens do anything, it's you go in and tell them to stop. Yeah, they usually stop. And you go, Everyone's you go, hey, hey, that's yeah. not very razor. Yeah, that's yeah. that's my new plan now. I'd be yep. like, that's not razor. Yep, you unbelievable assholes, you shit birds. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. You uh. You slime balls. Yep. Um. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a fun game. But, um. But yeah, I mean, final, uh, disturbing behavior. I almost said final destination, yeah. but right. disturbing behavior. Uh, interesting film, interesting failure, maybe. Yeah, I, yeah. I, this this is a movie that I would like to see remade, like even if it's just like a Tubi original or something. You know, it's just I would remake the shit out of this. Hollywood, oh, call yeah. me. Yeah, I, I will write that script, and I right. will I would have a blast doing it. And I will I'll keep write that razor. script, ex- except I will like I'll hire somebody who like knows how teens talk and actually like put a little bit of that in. Well, there. I work with teens. Right, you work you with teens. You know, yeah. we know. Let's get to, let's get started on our disturbing behavior. Well, I don't start. Respectfully. I don't start work until the teens leave. So you know. Yeah, no, that's. I true. get to miss that most of that. No, I almost feel like disturbing behavior. I I made a joke to myself while I was smoking a cigarette while the movie was on that I was like, nowadays this is like a ten episode Netflix show, right? And I almost and then I said it as a joke to myself and it went actually that might work. Yeah, like that'd be a good uh, idea. how uh, how uh, actually that might actually work as mm-hmm. a miniseries that you could flesh out this whole concept and people turning throughout and you know uh right. that i was like holy shit that actually might work um and you could still you could just bring nick stall back and he could just play the uh yeah. bruce greenwood character what do you, you know? think of the uh the 
the ending, the keeping it open for a sequel ending, like oh, uh, 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 uh being disturb- disturbing behavior, dangerous minds. Yeah, right, yeah. um, I uh, uh, first of all, it's vaguely racist. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh. But yeah, I thought it was terrible. I was like, well, wait a minute, because <laughs> right. First of all, they say he's a student teacher, and I'm like, well, okay, he's a student teacher. Right. Um, that usually doesn't mean literally a student, you know. Right. Yeah. A student teacher doesn't mean a high school kid. <laughs> yeah. Speed of teacher. A student teacher is somebody who has a degree right. who is uh, in usually in a master's program. That's what a right. student teacher is. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're getting your master's in education and um, are, uh, are they actually now they don't call them student teachers anymore. They call them teachers aides or teachers right. assistants. Um, and then you do that for a year and then you get your credentials to be. I was I was looking into doing that um, before I got the gig at the right theater um and um but yeah it's 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 dumb as shit um and he comes in and uh but uh if they had if they had sold this as you know as college or something i might buy it right but you know it's um but the it's a great example of another problem this movie has which is characters dropping out of this story uh for long periods of time nick stall disappears for almost the entire like midway through the second act he's just gone yeah. Uh, I was like, he was kind of a big deal a minute ago. Um, yeah, he's kind of replaced by um, uh, Chunk, whatever his name is, right? Slab, <laughs> uh, what was his name? Um, Chug. I don't know, Chug, Chug. Chug. yep, Chug, uh, Chug. Slab, yeah, Slab, Slab is better. Um, yeah. in our in our remake, we'll name him Slab, right? Um, but yeah, uh, it's um. It, it is it's it's odd that Nick Stahl just disappears from this narrative. Right. UV disappears from this narrative. Yeah. Uh and then it pops up at the end. Um right. it kind of works for UV, but um mm-hmm. uh, and again, it's one of those things that if only there had been a line earlier on of like, you know, nobody notices UV, he just kind of disappears. Right. Um, you know, uh that would have been uh, you know, that might have made it work better, but uh yeah, yeah. sort of pop up at the end. Um, but no, like half the characters just disappear from the narrative. Steve's parents, two scenes, right? Um, apparently they're just not that invested. Um, you know, it's it's uh, Bruce Greenwood as the villain. Yeah, yeah, just disappears for most of this movie. Um, you know, the only ones who stay consistently is Steve. I, I mm-hmm. even Rachel kind of right. vanishes for a while. She has to get dragged back into the narrative. Mm-hmm. She goes home. After right. the after molestation time, and then right. Steve drags her back into the into the quest. Right. Um, you know, and I'm like, wow, like, did the actors just like have limited time, or you know, I, I think but, so. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where I'm like, why is it, it seemed like you know once once Nick Stahl is in mm-hmm. as one of the blue ribbons, um. They just fuck kind that, of forget he exists. Fuck yeah. that shit, Heineken. Um, right. <laughs> to put a twist on a right. an old adage. Um, you know, it's um, you would think he would be prevalent as right. primary antagonist. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, at least secondary antagonist to Bruce Greenwood. I mean, yeah, know. yeah. And if you wanted to sell the sequel hook of him being like, why weren't there scenes of him being right. Bruce Greenwood's sidekick? You know, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I remember um. I do remember when this movie came out that I had a friend that saw it and he had said that he could have swore the ending was going to be Nick Stahl was faking it. Right. 
um, that he was infiltrating. And that was going to be the twist at the end of the movie. Like right. he was expecting that at the end of the film. And I see that when I watch the movie, I'm like, actually, yeah. I could see why you would think that it actually might right. make more sense if yeah. at the end of it, he's kind of, you know, in fact, it might've made more sense than Steve um, somehow pickpocketing a scalpel. Right. Cause I don't remember them establishing he was good at pickpocketing either. No. But um, but it's if it had been instead, well, like you know, Bruce Greenwood's going, "Wahaha, you will soon be one of us." Nick Stahl right. hits him in the back of the head with something, and right. says, "Surprise! I was faking it the whole time, and I'm actually yeah. on the side of the good guys, and I'm, I'll, I'll never conform, you know, right? Uh, uh, slime ball. <laughs> um, that's not Razor. Um, right. you know, it would have, uh, you know, that may have actually made more sense. Um, you mm. know, um. Uh, it's it's i mean I, i'm glad that uv stepped up to do something at the end of the movie. Right. i mean like it justify his screen time but yeah. by the way thoughtful nickname for a uh, uh somebody with albinism UV, right. uh, it's a good one um very 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 respectful um <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's uh it's it's such a weird moment and um he's awfully chummy with Catherine isabel in that scene it's a little mm -hmm. weird like right you know he's probably got his arm around her and i'm like are they dating but yeah. um okay but um right. you know and that's another thing why wasn't the the threat to the sister should have been a bigger deal in this movie mm -hmm. why wasn't that a bigger deal I, like I it's yeah, yeah it's so weird it's so fucking weird why this movie just is it just it keeps flirting with good ideas right just never following through it's such an odd odd film so if that's your game if that's your thing i guess i recommend yeah um uh disturbing behavior i mean i i think i would still give this like a two and a half stars i don't think right. it's i don't think it's a waste of time i mean i don't think it's terrible do you think right. it's terrible not terrible but i mean I, there's nothing really there to recommend it you know it's just you know i'd give it maybe one and a half to two stars you know yeah. it's, it's I, I i would say james marsden's kind of worth it um right. there's some good fight scenes i i appreciate yeah. any movie that has a character hit another character with a chair Right. I mean, that's automatically half a star, I think, right, right there, you know, um, you know, uh, it's a, it reminded me a little bit of um, in uh, Friday 13th 5, mm -hmm. where Tommy just sort of like picks up, just body slams a guy through right. the table and I'm like automatic half star, uh, right. you know, any movie that wants that, that kind of pulls in WWE shit. I'm all right. I'm a guy like, yeah, right. Great. Uh, <laughs> more people should fight like that in movies. It's yep. uh, but so I mean, like that, and like the um, I liked how uh, how actually how kind of brutal the beating is in that scene too. Yeah, where he hits him with a chair and he starts putting up a fight. It looks like a really good. It looks like a high school brawl. Yeah, yeah. and then they they get him on the ground and start kicking him. Right. Um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that that's a high school fight right there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe it goes a little further than a high school fight usually does but right uh, also we could have used more of that too like them controlling the school right like there doesn't seem to be any faculty at this school do we ever no. need a teacher we see one teacher um uh he's the one they call a peckerhead and right well, put it uh, pudding head yeah that's that's it like there was you know there, and there was a veteran a right there was a principal because okay. he was actually a veteran character actor. I'd seen him in a bunch of other shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what's his name? Um, uh, I'm looking it up. Sorry. Uh, mm -hmm. Mr. Rooney, I think, is him. Um, no, maybe not. 
Um, yeah, there's uh, he's he's in everything. Um, mm. I know he's here. Oh, Principal Weathers, Jay Brazil. Right. Um, he uh, is most famous for uh, he, yeah, a ton of films, uh, a ton of film credits. Um, I'm trying to find one that uh, you'll re- immediately go, oh, yeah, but um, but of course, now IMDb doesn't want to work, but. Uh, anyway, he's he's uh he's a veteran character actor. I've seen him in a bunch oh, okay. of shit. Right. Um, little little overweight bald man with a beard. Right. Uh, he appears in one scene, but he um, yeah, but yeah, there is so there's two faculty members, right, in the whole school, and yeah. apparently a guidance counselor who has a mustache and secretly brainwashes teenagers with <laughs> implants. But let me ask you this before we wrap up. One uh-huh. question for you: If this were more supernatural in nature, do you think it would work better? If this was like hypnosis or magic. No, I, or... I honestly, I wanted to see it go more sci-fi. Yeah, you know, and just is lean into that, you know, kind of X Files thing. You know, I know going into it, like I, you know, researched it a little bit beforehand, like you know who the director was and who you know the cast was and stuff before I watched it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, we're gonna get a feature length X Files episode. This is gonna be awesome. You know, like, right, oh, right, nope, okay. Nope, nope, guess not. Oh, I figured out where Jay Brazo. You would know Jay Brazo. He is the uh, the priest in, um, uh, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger New Year's Eve film End of Days. Right. Okay. The one who says the one who says uh, the the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was physically really didn't exist. That guy, uh, veteran mm-hmm. character actor, has been in fucking everything. But um, yeah, but he was the gotcha. principal in the movie. Sorry, right. but yeah, um, I just remembered off the top. I remembered looking at his photograph. I'm like, that's where he was. But yeah, okay. So you think uh, you think the sci-fi thing is actually where where this film needed yeah, to go? Yeah, I it really needed to. It needed to commit to something, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't really. No, the film never never really commits to anything. I think right. the performers do. Yeah. Um, most of them anyway. Like I said, Katie Holmes uh, maybe isn't that committed. Right. I don't. Again, th- I I'm... I think this this movie is watchable just on the backs of the the cast. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know it's the only thing that elevates it to something that's, you know, not a complete slog to sit through. No, I agree. Yeah. I think James Marsden and Bill Sadler alone mm-hmm. are, uh, are offering something worth watching. Right. Um, and, um, you know, and Katie Holmes is, uh, you know, she's good looking. I mean, right. if you are in, if you, if you can stomach the weird male gazeness of the whole film, right. Um, you know, the first time we see her, it's like, well, that is a nice midriff. Mm-hmm. you know um but then it just gets weird because the camera only cares about that midriff right um so you know it's it's a little creepy so i will say that that um even if even if the movie is elevated to something kind of worth watching it's still kind of probably too problematic to actually recommend yeah um yeah. but um at least for what i think our audience is at any right. rate um, and yeah, it's it's you know every time I think of you know if I could recommend this or something like like uh, you know this comes to mind like you can probably just watch something else. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's watch the faculty again instead. Right, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, this isn't a terrible movie. It's not you know. It's, it's yeah. just it's just a it's just a bad movie. It's not it's not yeah, and not necessarily in a fun way. But it's got some cool ideas, and you know it's got some things that should make you think that maybe it doesn't really nail home, but, um, yeah, yeah, I know. agree. Watch yeah. the Stepford wives. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that um to be recommended soul survivors to me as soon as I finish watching this thing too. That that makes me <laughs> nice. that's like that's a terrible movie. Right. Um speaking of a uh WB star, that was uh Eliza Dushku. Yeah. That was oh, like, okay. one of her major her major uh uh first oh, yeah. Roles. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, and West Bentley and Casey Affleck. Right. So you know it's good. Yeah. Uh Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. West Bentley. Right. Um yeah. But anyway, uh, you want to take us out? Uh, we've kind of wrapped up. I think. Absolutely. We've, yep. Yeah. We've we've dug as much as we can into this into this film. I think um, we did pretty well. Yeah, I think yeah, so. We, I think we did pretty well. We digressed a little bit at the beginning, but uh, and, know, and and middle way, and right? middle, and at the yeah. end, yeah. and at the end. <laughs> but we did. But I think we also did. We found some positives. Yeah. Uh, we 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 did. Uh, to recap, with James Marsden's good. Bill Sadler's good. Right. Um. There's some good ideas. Bruce Greenwood um, would be good if he was in this movie. Yeah, uh, um, his mustache is sadly good. he's sadly not very much in this movie. Um, yeah, um, well, I mean, the, he's in it more than Steve Railsback, who's uh, yeah, a, a fairly uh, again another fairly uh, respected right, character right. actor. Um, why he's in on it uh, mm-hmm. as town sheriff, we don't ever know. Right. Um, but hey, but no, yeah. I think we found some positives, so I think yep. we did our jobs. Oh yeah, I think I think we did good. You know, pat ourselves on the back. Um, we 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 got this one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we always appreciate your time and your and your patience and your attention. Um, you know, if you want to let anybody know know about us, uh, we're always glad to hear from you and and to get some new listeners in here. Um, but you know, watch out for each other. Uh, stick together because you know it's it's kind of dark and scary out there um and with that i just you know want to remind you to uh be kind rewind but mostly be kind thanks oh,